Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. not standing on the promises of God, you're in trouble. Today we're going to talk about John chapter 8, and we're getting to a difficult section of Scripture. Of course, a lot of John is difficult, a lot of Jesus is difficult, because Jesus just tells it like it is. Jesus gets in your face, and He tells people exactly what's right and exactly what's wrong. You know, God hates sin. Jesus came and died on that cross because He loved us, but He hates sin. And He wants to destroy all the, uh, I guess, the false securities we have. And many of us think we're going to heaven, and I don't know about here, but a lot of people in a lot of places think they're going to heaven for a lot of the wrong reasons. Baptism and communion and church membership and well I did more good than bad and all kinds of things but as we get to John chapter 8 today we're going to start in verses 37 John chapter 8 we're going to look at verses 37 but I want to go back to verse 33 33 for just one second too because See, these folks, they're, they're going to come up with three reasons why, they're, why they think they're going to heaven. Number one would be ethnicity because they're Jews and they think because they Abraham's belong to Abraham's race that they're going to heaven. And then they'll talk about religion and then they'll talk about morality. And that's kind of a lot of what people will talk about today. Now, we're not Jewish, so we can't really throw the Jewish card in. But a lot of people say, well, I grew up in church, or my daddy was a pastor, or my mama was a missionary, or something, you know. And they'll say, well, I grew up in the church, and that's why I'm going to heaven, or whatever. But Jesus wants to make sure and clear that we know that uh, we are standing on the promises. Because Jesus said, whoever believes in Him shall be saved. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father but by me. And so in this section of Scripture today, it's amazing. There's kind of a bantering back and forth about the right Father and who has the right Father. And the Bible tells us if we have trusted Jesus Christ, that we're a son of God and a daughter of God. But the bottom line is, is we've been adopted as sons. We have been adopted into the family. And he just we just got through with that section of Scripture last week that said if a son does, a slave doesn't abide in the house forever, but a son does. Because the son gets the inheritance, right? And the Bible says that we are sons of God and we get all the inheritance of the things that He has for us. And so as we get to this next section of Scripture, let me just read verse 33 because Jesus says... 
He tells them in verse 32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and never have been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? So they respond on the grounds that ethnically that we're uh, Abraham's offspring. We're out of the line of Abraham. Now let's jump to verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. That kind of jumps in. He kind of goes off on a sidetrack about... If the, uh, it's not really a sidetrack, but he changes the subject. Says, "Look, y'all, not really free." And then he says, "I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father." They answered and said to him, "Abraham is our father." Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. What happens here? They, they say, first of all, in 33, I, that's why I wanted to jump back to that, that they say that they are the children of Abraham. In other words, we're from the line of Abraham. And if you'll notice in this passage... And I don't know when you're reading or you're studying your Bible or listening to the Word of God, listen for the words that are repeated. Listen for the things that are said, the words that are repeated, the phrases that are repeated. And over and over and over again, the term Father is in here about 11 times. And Jesus keeps talking about He's sent by the Father. He's come from the Father. He represents the Father. He's been telling this for chapter after chapter after chapter since chapter 5 he's been saying look I'm from the Father the Father sent me the Father gave me a message to tell you and this is the message and they keep ignoring his message and they think they're righteous they think they're going to heaven and they think that Jesus ultimately they're going to say today that he has a demon in him and he's he's born of a illicit relationship when his mother was pregnant while she was out of wedlock. If you can't if you can't win the argument, what do you do? Attack somebody, right? <laughs> and that's ultimately where they're going to end up today. Here he says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. In other words, yeah, I know that you are of Abraham's family. But you know, the Bible says in Romans 4.13, I'm just going to read a couple of verses. It says, if you want to turn there, you can turn with me. 
It says, For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise of no effect, because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be to sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who also are the faith of Abraham, who was the father of us all. So basically what that passage says is that only the people really that believe in, believe in Jesus by faith are truly the children of Abraham. They say in the next verse, Abraham is our father, right? He says that my word has no place in you and I speak what I've seen with my father and you do what you've seen of your father. And notice that term word because it's in here about five times and he keeps talking about his word. And the Bible says that if we're truly saved, we're going to do what? Do what God's word says, right? He says, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments, right? He tells some of these folks later on, he says, why do you say, call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? The Bible says if you truly know God and you truly are saved, not that you're going to be perfect, but that you will try to do the things that God tells us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. It says, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So basically what he says there is the Jews aren't necessarily all going to heaven. And I know the Jews think that, and a lot of people think that because of their family line. But you know, the Bible tells us that's not true. Let me read you one more verse in Romans chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. It says, But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called, that is, those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as seed. So the only way you get into Abraham's real family is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when God promised Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 15, He said that through you, through your seed, He he was talking about uh, Jesus, that all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And let me read you one more verse in Galatians chapter 4. That was verse 16. Let's see. Chapter 3, verse 16. Got my chapters mixed up. Now to Abraham and his seed, that word seed is capitalized, where the promise is made. He does not say in two seeds as of many, but as of one. And to your seed who is Christ... So the bottom line is, he says in verse 18, For if the inheritance is of the law, 
It is no longer a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. In other words, He promised that whoever would believe would be saved, right? I mean, that was the promise. Have I totally lost y'all this morning? But, you know, that that's the promise that all the way back in Genesis 15 when, when, when God spoke to Abraham and He said, through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Basically what He was doing, He, he said that that one child that would come, that promised child, through that line that Jesus Christ would come. And one day when Jesus Christ came, He would die on that cross and He would die for our sins. And whoever believed on that and trusted in that and believed that He died in our place and died for our sins and He was rose again on the third day, that we would be saved and that's how we get to heaven. By faith. Believing that God did it all, right? Then we just get through singing, singing about standing on the promises. God promised that He would send a Savior. That He would send His Son to die in our place, to die for our sins. There's nothing we can do to earn it, to deserve it, to pay for it. But God did it all. And the only way we're going to make it to heaven is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that He is who He said He is. And that He did what He said He did. And that He rose again. And the Bible says that we will be saved based on that. Going to church doesn't get you into heaven. Being baptized doesn't get you into heaven. Doing good works doesn't get you into heaven. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith is believing God, right? And God, somebody put it this way. They said, faith stands forsaking all, I trust Him. F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all. In other words, not depending on any good works, anything I can do. Forsaking all, F-A-I trust Him. That's pretty good, isn't it? I don't know who came up with that, but that's pretty good. And so, these folks back in in John 8, they appeal to the fact that they say, they answered him, verse 39, and said to him, Abraham is our father. In other words, they say, Abraham is our spiritual father. But Jesus says to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. Now we just got through talking about the fact that they weren't his spiritual children because they had not believed that Jesus, who was standing right in front of them, was the Son of God. And that's what Jesus kept telling them. Remember the last time we were here, they they asked him the time before that. They said, who are you? (laughs) And he's been telling them for chapter after chapter after chapter. He says, I, I, I am who I said I am. I am. I am the one that God sent. And so they still don't believe. They still don't understand because theirs is a willful ignorance. You know, some people don't want to believe the truth, right? I mean, today we have all these evolutionists and they try to say out of the glue and into the zoo that was you. You know, I was once a monkey. Uh, I once was a tadpole beginning to begin and then I was a frog with my tail tucked in and then I was a monkey in a 
banyan tree, and now I'm a professor with a Ph.D. I mean, that's basically what they say, right? I mean, that's out of the glue and into the zoo. That's you. I mean, that's what they say. But it takes more faith to believe that however many billions of years ago out of some explosion out in space from some matter that we don't know where it came from, that we all became people over billions of years. That, that makes absolutely no sense. If you can't believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you may as well just throw your Bible away because the rest of it's useless. Because it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He did it all. He didn't use evolution. He didn't use anything else. But He created it all. You know, Abraham, remember what Abraham did? Back in the Old Testament, when the angel of the Lord came to him in Genesis 18, verse 1, the angel of the Lord came to him with two other angels, and, and they came to him before they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and what did Abraham do? He went and he says, Please sit with us, have some food, have some supper, hang out with us, have some fellowship. And, and he shared his food with them. And he knew that that was God. That was God in the Old Testament. That is what we call the angel of the Lord before Jesus came in flesh. Occasionally in the Old Testament, he would appear as an angel. And he would show up. And when he did, people knew he was the Lord. He showed up to Gideon. He showed up to Abraham. He showed up to many folks in the Old Testament. He showed up to Abraham. And what did Abraham do? He welcomed him. He fed him. He wanted to take care of him. But here's Jesus. And these people want to kill him. He says, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. You know, the bottom line is, is is back in Matthew when John the Baptist, chapter 3, verse 7, John the Baptist saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to be baptized and he said, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I say to you, God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The Bible says by their fruits you will know them, right? Anybody that does good, you will know that they've trusted Christ. Those that do evil, you will know that they are not of Christ. What do they do? They can't. They don't seem to be able to win. So what do they do in verse 40, 41 in the last part? Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father. Some of y'all's Bibles might say even God. So they started out saying, Yeah, we're of the race of Abraham. And then they said, We're spiritually Abraham's kids. And now they're saying that we have one father, God from heaven. That's our father. They're claiming what Jesus said, but Jesus says, no, you don't have that father. And so what do they do? Attack him and say, we were not born of fornication. In other words, 
They say it in another place. We know who our father is. In other words, Abraham, uh, Jesus, who was your father? Your mother was pregnant before she was ever married to Joseph. And uh, you're the illegitimate child. You were born of fornication. You were born out of wedlock. You were born out of an illicit relationship. And so Jesus basically responds back to him in verse 42. He said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Here it is. He comes back and he says, look, if God were your father, you would love me. I mean, just a minute ago, he said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham, right? Now he gets a little stronger. He says, if you were Abraham's children, you would do what? Love me. But you don't love me because I came from God and I was sent by God. He gets right in their face and says, look, you don't love me. I mean, under what the Bible says over in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, he says, And this, the children of God and the children of devil are made evident. Who does not, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. So, here they are. They hate their brother. And they want to kill him. And he says, it's your like Cain who was of the evil one and wanted to murder his brother and he did, right? Think about this. Some people take this passage and they say this is a, a slur on the Jews because this is an attack on the Jews because he, he's talking to the Jewish people here and he's talking to the Pharisees. But basically we just said, the Bible said that Cain was of the wicked one. Cain was of the evil one. And he was not a Jew. I mean, that was the race that eventually became the Jews. But guess what? That was Adam and Eve, and then right there at the beginning, that happened, right? The Jews had not even been conceived of in in human minds. Now, God knew He was going to do it a long time ago. But the bottom line is, is these people are not good people. And there's a lot of folks out there, it's such a shame today that there's so many people out there today that claim to be Christians and they're out there giving those that really are a bad name. I mean, this guy yesterday, this Harold Camping guy, I guess we're still here today, that predicted the rapture yesterday. Now this is the second time he's done that. I thought this was crazy. Because I was riding around town one day and I saw this truck riding around with a radio station name on it. And I saw, he's coming, he's coming back, something. And I didn't know until this past week that he predicted he, that, that the Lord was coming back yesterday. Well, yesterday's gone. <laughs> it is now May the 22nd and he didn't make it back. The Bible says no man will know. The Bible says Jesus said when he was here on earth that he didn't even know when he was coming back because he had laid aside that knowledge. Not that he wouldn't know as God, but he had laid aside that knowledge. He said no one knows the day or the hour. Now we know he's coming back, but we don't know exactly when, the day or the hour. Now this man predicted yesterday 
This was the second time he's predicted it. But you know, it's people like that that give Christians bad names because, you know, people that are protesting and do all kinds of crazy stuff. There's some group supposed to be coming and protesting some stuff here in Savannah. I was looking at the financial website on Wednesday or Thursday and these people had a video on there and they were basically laughing at Christians because this guy had predicted that Christ was going to come back. I mean, there was a guy back in 1988, he said there was 88 reasons why Jesus would come back in 1988. It was a bestseller until 1989 came along. And then when 1989 came along, it didn't sell any more copies, I don't think. <laughs> so, you know, that that's the bottom line is, you know, these people are not of God. They They claim to represent God, but they don't even know who God is. And God is standing right in front of them and they're talking to Him. And they don't get it. They don't understand it. And it's amazing how people can sit in church week after week after week and if they hear the Word of God taught like it ought to be, they still don't understand it. So Jesus comes in and He says next in verse 43, they claimed morality in that section that we're not born of fornication. So they've thrown out the ethnicity card, the religion card, and then they threw out the morality card. But then Jesus is going to trump them because He says, why do you not understand my speech? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word or to listen to my word. Basically what he says is Jesus is speaking a language they don't understand. Remember back a couple of chapters earlier, he said, I'm from above and you're from below. And now he gets a little more specific, gets in their face and say, look, I, I'm sit by my father who's God and you are from your father who's the devil. And so basically what Jesus is saying is anybody that's not born of God and willfully turns away from God is a child of the devil. He gets real strong with this because he says, You're not, you don't understand the language I'm speaking because you're from down here. You've got another father. You're speaking a different language. And then he says, because you cannot bear to hear the content of my words. In other words, you don't want to hear what i got to say. You ever talk to somebody and you start to try to talk to them, they don't want to hear a word you got to say? They either walk off or go, or they just ignore you or whatever. That's basically what these guys are doing to Jesus. They don't want to hear what he says. They just want to get their two cents in. And so Jesus says in verse 44, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. So what happened in the very first thing that happened in Genesis chapter 3? Basically, the devil brought sin and brought death into the world because he deceived the woman. And then the man ate the fruit and sin entered to the world. And he was a murderer from the beginning. Well, ever since then, we die because of what happened way back in the garden. That's why we die. Sin and death entered into the world. If, if the devil can't stop us from going to heaven, he wants to do anything he can to ruin our life, right? And so he says, 
There is no truth in him. He doesn't stand in the truth. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So basically what he says is he's always been a liar from the beginning. And that's who he is. That's what he is. And if you want to know somebody that's from the devil, just look for somebody that lies all the time. That's basically what he says. And he says the father... Did the devil lie in the beginning, right? Did he say he said, Did God say? And he lied. And he says, But but because I tell you the truth, verse forty five, you do not believe me. Man, people don't want to hear the truth, do they? You're a troublemaker if you tell people the truth. Even in a company where you're trying to help the company do what's right and where you're gonna lose money if you do this, oh you just a troublemaker. But he says that they don't want to hear the truth. And then he says, because you don't believe me. And then he says in verse 46, which of you convicts me of sin? In other words, which of y'all can find something wrong that I've done? Can y'all point out anything that I've ever done wrong? That's what Jesus says. No, you can't. And he says, and if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? In other words, if you've never seen me do anything wrong, you can't find anything wrong in my life. Why don't y'all believe me if I tell you the truth? And then he says in verse 47, he gets down to the, to the final crux of the matter. He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you're not of God. Remember Jesus told him, said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice and they do what? They follow me, right? And so basically what he says, you can't hear my voice, you don't know my voice, you don't believe what I say, because you don't belong to me. And if you did, you could understand, right? I mean, if, if, if your daddy's Russian and, and, you're, and you're born into the family, after a little while you, you grow up understanding Russian, right? If he speaks Russian anyway... But if you come out of another family and walk into that household, you're not going to understand a word you're saying. And that's what Jesus says. You don't understand a word I'm saying because, look, you don't belong to God. And the bottom line is, is today, many of us are depending on something to get us into heaven. I hope that's nobody here today. That the only thing that you're doing is standing on these promises that Jesus said... Whoever calls on my name shall be saved. If you are not standing on the promise that Jesus died in your place, He died for your sins, and there's nothing you can do to earn it, to deserve it, to pay for it, but you trust in Him, and Him only, to get you into heaven, then you're not going to make it. I'm sorry. That's not what I say, Marty says. That's what this Bible says. And this is God's Word. This is God's Word. This is not my Word. God had men write this Word. People have tried to destroy it. They've tried to burn it. They've tried to do everything they can to get rid of it. But they can't get rid of it because it's God's Word. God said not one jot, not one tittle. That means the smallest little mark, the smallest little period will not disappear until all is accomplished. In other words, till God's work is done 
nothing's going to be gone from His Word. So if you haven't trusted Him, trust Him today. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Say, Lord Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. And ask Him to forgive you for your sins. Ask Him to come in your life and save you. And if you'll do that today, He will hear your voice. He will answer you. If you cry out and ask in faith and take Him at His word, believe Him and He will save you. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your grace and Your mercy, love. We thank You that that, uh, where there was no way to get to heaven, You made a way through Jesus. And even though there's only one way, if there was only one cure for a disease or a sickness, we'd all be flocking to it. But for some reason or another, people don't want the one way to heaven. They claim that that's, that's bigoted, it's narrow, it's mean, it's whatever. But Lord, the Bible says God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Father, if there's one here that doesn't know You, help them to cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Father, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, why don't we sing number 77 since we talk about Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 32.